We've been dealing with a series, Knowing God. And uh, if you don't like the message this morning, blame Bev. She said I should preach it. It was a word that I shared somewhere back in 2017, but it's grown on from there. And so, so I prepared a completely different message, which is nice because I'm a week ahead. So I've got Knowing God Part 5. Oh, my word, that's going to be amazing. That one is going to be amazing. But I felt just to share it with you because I think it's a, no, I don't think, I know it's a prophetic word for now. So I need you to really listen. There's a lot of material that I want to get through. So I'm going to force feed a little bit this morning, okay? okay. So just get the water ready. And if there's too much in your mouth, slick a bit and uh, just swallow the, because I'm going to push it in. Is that all right? James chapter 1 tells us to humbly receive the implanted word because it is powerful to save us. So Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Everyone say increase. So I'm going to talk a lot about that word this morning. So whenever I pause and gesture to you, that's your, that's your cue to say increase. And so Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So what I want to do is to plant the word this morning, plant it into your spirit. I just had a message come through. One of the pastors that I ministered to last night said, I really need to meet with you. You prophesied to me. And he said, and I had prolific dreams and visions all through the night, and I urgently need to speak to you. But I believe that something's going to be planted in your spirit and um, watered this morning that is going to cause increase. Now, it's a really interesting We've been dealing with that series, and the touch verse was Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, where Daniel says, the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So God doesn't just want you strong. God wants you to do exploits. Is that okay? So in other words, what he wants you to do is to rule and reign in your life, in your sphere of activity. God wants you to increase. Is that good? So I need you to really listen, but Prophet William said that how the meeting came out about last night was that he kept thinking, I really want to get Prophet John to come preach. I really want to get Prophet John to come preach. Then that night, he had a dream, and he said he dreamt that I arrived at the church, and he came out to meet me, and we were walking towards the auditorium, and it's in a shopping center on the first floor. And uh, you have to take a few passages to get there. He said, but as we were walking together, and as I was walking towards the church, suddenly everything began to sprout. He said, shoots were coming out the ground. Plants were blossoming. And he said, it was just life hit the ministry. Life hit their church. Increase began to hit their church. Now, I want to tell you that I bear witness with that because I've been saying it from before COVID, that as this COVID thing starts to wane, as the COVID thing starts to dwindle, there's going to come an economic boom. But with the economic boom, there's going to come great move of God. Is that okay? You might think to yourself, well, I didn't pray much during COVID. I wasn't praying, you know, I was just, you know, I didn't pray any more significantly. Yeah. Now, how many of you were agitated by COVID? How many of you felt in your hearts, this is enough, it's got to come to an end? Amen. You see, God answered Lot when he went to go and judge Sodom and Gomorrah because Jude tells us that he was tormented in his righteous soul because of the wickedness that he saw there. And just that sense of torment was intercession to God. There's many of you were frustrated. Many of you felt that a lot of things were unrighteous, unfair, unjust, and there was a lot of 
injustice in that whole thing. And I want to tell you that every bit of groan, every bit of travail, every bit of dissatisfaction, God reads it as prayer. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. Because there's groanings on the inside that we don't always articulate. So I know that we're in a time. Everybody say a time. I had a prophetic word for Pastor Alma Jacobs this week, and I shared it with her. She was almost shouting and screaming on the other side of the phone. And a lot of it is what I'm going to share with you today. So let's start with Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, and I'm just going to show you this. But Jesus said this, at that time, everyone say, at that time, say, that time is now. See, this is what Jesus said. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, the intelligent, and has revealed them to infants. You've revealed them unto babes. In other words, the wise and learned were the scribes and Pharisees, and God hid everything about the kingdom from them, but he revealed them to the disciples who were just regarded as mere infants in the Lord. Now, it says, at that time, Jesus said that. So what was that time? That time, those theologians that blend the four Gospels and put it in a timeline, they say this, that that time when Jesus said that was exactly Luke chapter 10, verse 17, after he had sent out the 12 and the 72 disciples to go and preach and heal the sick. And when they came back, they said, even demons are subject to us in your name. And then Jesus said, I praise you, Father, that you've revealed this to them. So that was the time. What was significant about that? The thing that was significant about it is that Jesus' ministry suddenly experienced great multiplication. Because suddenly there wasn't one person doing it, there's 72 people doing it. Is that okay? And Jesus rejoices full of the Holy Ghost and he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And when he said to the disciples, listen, don't rejoice that spirits are subject to you in my name. But he said, but rejoice that your name is written in the heavens. Now, a lot of Bible teachers teach that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's not what that means. Your name, when you accept Jesus, is written in the Lamb's book, the book of Christ, the book of life, because you've received life in him. And a record, but he doesn't say that. He said, Your name is written in the heavens, which meant that what Jesus was saying, now that I've given you authority and you have healed the sick and cast out demons, Satan has lost his place of authority over mankind, and you occupy that space. Your name is written there because you cast out the devil. And that's when he fell to the earth. And he had to run around in the dust of the earth because suddenly man was now exalted in authority and power. He had become a king to rule and reign on this earth. And so basically Jesus multiplied 72 times. Is that okay? Say Everybody say increase. Say at that time. It's this time. Say I'm going to increase. Amen. Matthew 12 verse 1. At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain. So at that time, what was that time? Well, it was just after the incident that I've just mentioned. But it was a Sabbath day, and it was the first Sabbath after the second day of the Passover. 
and they were on the way to a place of worship, to a synagogue, and the disciples were hungry and began to pick the corn and eat it, number one on a Sabbath. And when the Pharisees, the scribes, had issue with it, Jesus said, but if you never read about David, that's what he did. He went into the Holy of Holies and he ate the bread that was the showbread sanctified for the priests because mercy is over judgment because they were hungry. Is that okay? So Jesus refers to that. So listen, at that meeting in the synagogue, what was about to take place, the first Sabbath after the second day of the Passover, the priest was just about to take the sheaf of the first fruits of the grain and he was about to wave it before God, signifying that this is the beginning of the harvest. Are you with me? So when Jesus and his disciples went through the cornfields and started to pick the grain, prophetically they were saying, it's harvest time at that time. Come on, everybody say, it's harvest time. So listen, these outstanding prophetic words, these outstanding promises, these outstanding dreams, these outstanding visions, these outstanding things that you have declared and proclaimed, it's outstanding. But I believe that we are in a time, a powerful time, where we will see things being fulfilled and things being happened and things coming to pass. Desires, strong desires of your heart that are godly and from God, God is going to begin to answer them. Amen. I've bounced this off four or five men and women of God, Alma Jacobs, Cornet Cockdown in Mossabai, and a few others. And I've basically shared this, and they've all agreed. I said, I'm convinced by the middle of this year, the people of God will have made up the ground they lost during the 19 months, 18 months of COVID in six months. And not only that, but by the end of the year, you will be back where you were before COVID. In fact, you will not be back where you were. You will be back where you would have been had not COVID come. It's increase. And I believe it. I believe it's going to happen in the world. I believe it's going to happen in the body of Christ. Is that okay? And so I believe that everything is about to increase. Hallelujah. One of the things about Jesus and one of his titles is that he's a quickening spirit. The word quickening means to resurrect. It means to make alive. The word quickening means to animate with life. And there's something about Jesus that is just animating and life-giving. And so he's the quickening spirit. So if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, will he not also quicken our mortal bodies? So there's a quickening that is taking place. So I believe that the increase will be quick as well. But the thing that I want to bring out is that with Jesus and everything about the kingdom, it carries with it the essence of life. And the essence of life is increase. The essence of life is growth. Amen. Listen to what God said to Adam and Eve, the first command to our original ancestors, and I want to just say that I believe that this is something that is in every human being, and it's almost like in our DNA. God said in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them. God blessed them. God blessed them. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Amen. I still get Christians saying, man of God, I'm cursed. You're only cursed because you believe you're cursed, because you cannot be cursed. They can try, but God says that if anyone curses you, they will be cursed. Yep. And in the process of trying to curse us, they actually bless us. Yep. Amen. Come on, church. 
in the process of someone doing evil to you. They're only blessing you. That's why God says that you don't curse, you bless. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. multiply, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it and rule over it. Amen. So multiplication and increase is part of us. Now, I've mentioned this many times before. I've mentioned many times. When God created Adam and Eve and put him in the garden, it says, and there were other trees there, which means there were other people there. Because we are trees of God, the planting of the Lord. Is that Okay. And there was a river in the garden, and it flowed from the east. The, the east is from where the sunrise it speaks of. It flowed from a point of origin, which means that river flowed out of God. Amen. Amen. So that river very much was the life of God, and it was the life of God that watered the garden, and that's why the trees could grow. In other words, the people could grow. Okay. Is that good? Everybody said, he waters my soul. Come on. And I grow. I increase. But the amazing thing is when that river exited the garden, as it flowed, the Bible says when it went out of the garden, it split into four equal-sized rivers. The first one was the Pishon, Genesis 2, verses 10 to 14. The first one was the Pishon, the second was the Gihon, the third was the Tigris, and the fourth was the Euphrates River. Now, all four of those rivers have got Hebrew meanings. And if you look at the Hebrew meanings, it goes something like this. Pishon, Gihon, Tigris, Euphrates. Increase, bursting forth, rapid fruitfulness. Amen. Can I say that again? Pishon, Gihon, Tigris, and Euphrates. Increase, bursting forth, rapid fruitfulness. So in other words, the life of God will cause you to increase, to burst forth, to rapidly be fruitful. And that is why we're doing this series on knowing God. And so Isaiah 9 verse 6 to 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Listen, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Now, I want to just say this that there will be no end to his government and peace, but that's not the point of this verse, because the prophet says this, of the increase of it, there shall be no end. So in other words, once it's increased, the increase will be on the increase. And then there'll be increase on the increase on the increase, and it'll keep increasing perpetually. There'll be no end to the increase on the kingdom of God. And that is something that I believe is God's intention. And I love the way that Andre was sharing about the giving. Because God wants you to participate in everything that's the kingdom. Poverty is not his idea. Debt is not God's idea. That came about as a system that we were locked into. And it was a very good example about the pastor who took the bank loan, forced to take chemo so that the insurance company or the bank can reduce their risk should the one that signed guarantor die early. So you will take chemo so that we're assured of longevity or you, that you live a little bit longer so we can get our money back. Yes. How many of you know that's a wicked controlling system? So God wants us to increase, isn't that right? So how many of you know that Isaiah 54 comes straight after Isaiah 53? It's amazing. It just came to me as a revelation. Spontaneously, right now. But Isaiah 53 is all about the cross. 
Who's believed our message? You know, I report to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up as before him like a tender shoot. And the whole chapter is about the cross of Jesus. Is that okay? The entire chapter. Then chapter 54 starts like this. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail for child. For more, everyone say more, are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. So in other words, it was a prophetic thing about us as the Gentiles who had no relationship with God, but because of the cross, we were going to be included. And God says the children that will come through the gospel, the kingdom will be more than the children under the principle of the law. And he says you can begin to sing already. In fact, not only sing and rejoice, go into your tent. In other words, go into your house. And start expansion. Start adding on rooms. You need to build nurseries and bedrooms because the children are coming. And so he says, enlarge. Everyone say enlarge. The place of that train. Stretch forth. Everyone say stretch forth. The curtains. And he says this, for thou shalt break forth. Everyone say, I'm going to break forth. He says, on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate cities to be inhabited. Wow. Amen. Now, I like that thing about desolate cities shall be inhabited. In other words, there are places that you do not yet occupy. There's promises that you do not yet own. There's visions that have not yet come to pass. They're still desolate. And maybe someone else occupied them, but they're not there. And Isaiah says, you will occupy those spaces. And your seed will occupy those spaces. I mean, don't you like that? Well, it doesn't matter if you're not happy. I'm really happy. I'm blessing myself. But I want to just tell you this. Is that, you know, everything about the kingdom is conditional. It's not automatic. So I want to just keep forcing this thing about increase, this prophetic word. Because the prophetic word is not made more sure by prophecies. The prophecies are made sure by the word. Is that okay? And so everything that God does is not automatic. It's like you can come to church, don't come to church, tithe, not tithe, witness, not witness. You can, you know, and it's just like, and it'll just happen. Well, that's not the truth. Because everything God does is via principles. As we apply principles, God's word can be broken down into principles. You can take a subject and study it and put all the verses together, and you can more or less boil it down to one or a few principles concerning that particular subject. And if you have got the principles of the Word and you live the principles, in other words, you'll be living the essence of the Word. And when you're doing that, that's when things start to happen. If it's going to be by principles, then there's some things that you are doing that you have to stop doing. And there are things that you're not doing that you're going to have to start doing. Should I repeat that? There are things that you're doing you need to stop doing. There are things that you're not doing that you need to start doing. Because when you align yourself to the principles of God, something begins to happen. So, Deuteronomy 8 verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving to you today so that you may live. Everyone say live. Say, I want to live. I mean, nobody wants to die. The World Health Organization has determined that aging 
is a combination of about 28 different diseases. And they've ruled aging as a sickness. Isn't that amazing? But the Word of God says that He heals all our diseases. So the time will come when even the disease of aging will be healed. So you may live. Say, I'm going to live. And increase or multiply. And then I'm going to enter and possess the land. Come on, say, I'm going to enter those promises. And I'm going to possess those promises. The Word of God is full of promises. You've had prophetic promises. You've gone to the Word and you've claimed promises. You've confessed and professed and prophesied those promises. You might even have a vision board and put it down. Two years ago, we needed another car, but then God short-circuited that because I was going to buy a car for Bev, and she said, the one I really want is a little Suzuki Jiminy, a white one, and a manual. So I took a step of faith, a huge step of faith. And I went and booked one, and it was a year's waiting list. And I put a 1,000 rand down as a deposit, and they said a year waiting list. So I thought, thank you, Jesus, we've got time. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got to give God time. Shame, he's got to get the money together, you know. And, uh, but then God short-circuited the process, and Bev was blessed with the car. So I'm thinking, but it's okay, we got a car. And then the Lord laid on our hearts, you know, so her car, the previous Mercedes, so now we're still short. And I'm thinking, well, I'm so glad the deposit is there and it's getting closer. And I'm thinking, how are we going to do this? So before we bought it, I took a picture and it's there in my office. It's still there. You can stuck on the thing. And every day when I walk in, that's what happened with the Volvo XC90. Every time I drove past Grunfoss and there was a big board and there was a picture of a Volvo XC90, I would drive past and say, I'm going to have a car like that. And people would say, how do you know? I said, I'm telling you now, I'm going to have a car like that. And I was blessed with a car like that, just given one. But I give and I sow towards it and I confess and I profess. And so now I, I was doing the same with the Jimny. So I had it up and I was like, I'm going to have a Jimny, a white Jimny. It's going to be paid off, da 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 all this kind of thing. And then the short circuit came, and I was thinking, oh, gee, so um, should I still have it? You know, should I let it go? What should I do? But I, I need a little second car. And so the day came, and they phoned. They said, Mr. Wasserman, Suzuki Boxberg, Mr. Wasserman, really proudly, you know, he's going like, your Suzuki Jimny is here. You can come and collect it. I was just about to say no, you know, because God hasn't provided yet. I don't know if you've ever experienced that he doesn't do it up front. And I wish he would. Yeah. You know. Okay, John, you can buy it. Money's in the bank. But what would we do with faith? Yeah. And so I'm just about to say no. I'm going, no, I can't afford it. When I go, yes, okay, thank you, I'll be there. And I'm still thinking, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. You know, how are we going to do it? So I take the longest term possible that you can take. And it's like 150 years. And you only pay. <laughs> it's like... I take the longest per they said monthly installments on. I said, Ish. no, 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 reduce, reduce. Okay, we'll put it over this period, monthly installments. I was, no, 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 another one down, another one down. And then it was like, okay, this amount, maximum time. And that's the installment. I'm going, Ish, this is a stretch. God, can you afford this? Possessor of heaven and earth. So I said, yeah, okay, let's do that. Sign the deal and all this. Okay. So do you want the roof rack on it? Do you want this on? Do you want this? Yes, 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 yes. And I think, okay, how much does it affect the installment? Okay, not much. Okay, awesome. We can do this thing. So I proudly go and pick up my Suzuki Jimny. So we were in the office, and I said to Shreen, I'm not taking that down. She said, but you got the car. And I said, well, not really. MFC owns it. Yeah. I said, I'll take it down. 
will take it down once I paid for it. And I just started to sow. And we prophesied and confessed and gave to others and blessed. And every time I go in the office and I say, it's paid off, it's paid off, it's paid off. Well, I want to just tell you that over the past 18 months, during COVID, the worst time ever, the Lord just blessed us with extra money and every cent I put off on the chimney. So I want to just tell you, I've only got one installment left. So got one installment left and a few thousand rand, about 5,000 rand, and then the Suzuki's mine. And then I'm debt free. Isn't that awesome? So what I'm saying to you is that God wants you to enter. God wants you to be successful. He wants you to live and to increase, but there's principles. So let me just talk about Jesus, our pattern. And you've got to think back on our series and the previous series that I spoke about. And um, it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. I think let's put it in the King James translation. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Are you all ready? And then I'm going to speed up again. And Jesus, I want you to know, Jesus is the Son of God. Is that right? He's fully divine and fully human. Are you all ready? And Jesus increased. Everybody say increased. Now, how many of you know if Jesus can increase, so can we? Are you all happy? And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. And in favor with God and man. Just hold that verse there. Let's leave out stature because it means that he was growing up into manhood. So leave that out because that was a natural thing that happened. But the other thing is not a natural thing. Jesus increased in wisdom and in favor with God and man. That was something that was happening in his life because of the way he lived. Is that okay? And the way he lived then caused the favor of God. But the favor of God was the response of God to his growth in wisdom. Now, remember, I did a teaching a while ago, and I said, what precedes wisdom is understanding. And what precedes understanding is knowledge. Is that okay? And where do we get the knowledge of God from? Not from an iPad, but from the Bible. (laughs) Okay, the word on the iPad, okay? And so where do we get the knowledge from? We get the knowledge of God from his word. So as we study the Word, we grow in knowledge of God. And Peter says, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we get the knowledge. But the more we study the Word, the more we understand the Word, the more that we enter the Word, something happens and we gain an understanding. But as that understanding grows, something else happens. There comes a wisdom. Understanding is fantastic because you go like, oh, now I know why he says, forgive your enemies. Now I know why he says, bless those who persecute you. Now I understand. I understand. And listen, our understanding is going to be growing through all of our lives. I believe one day when the Lord appears and we see him, the first thing that's going to explode is our understanding. Because we'll see him and know him as he is. But something that comes out of that understanding is wisdom, and that's beyond understanding. And wisdom in the Bible is always, it's never just wisdom in your head. Wisdom in the Bible is always a life lived according to God's way. That's wisdom. Wisdom is proved right by its children, Jesus said. In other words, by its fruit. 
So when you live the life, God looks at it and says, wow, that's wisdom. The next result, which then becomes automatic, is the favor of God. And then you have God's extra grace, God's providing grace, God's blessing grace. You have got favor. And Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. Isn't it amazing? There was a group of people that he had no favor with, but those were the religious. But if everyone else, he had favor. And so if we grow in knowledge and understanding, wisdom will come Favor will be the result. So even John the Baptist says, when he sees Jesus, and he says, behold the Lamb of God. But basically, before that, he said, there's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to tie his shoelaces. Listen to what John says. He must increase. Okay, let's all say it together. He must increase. And I must decrease. So even John prophesied that Jesus will increase. His whole kingdom increased. Everything about Jesus increased. Look at the person next to you and say, you must increase. And me. You're not the one saying it's not going to decrease. All right. So let me just speak to you about a little bit about the New Testament. Everywhere in the New Testament. Even the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, listen to my instruction, my godly instruction. Listen to my word-based instruction. Listen to this instruction because it's wise. I'm elaborating. He says, because If you do them and meditate on them, if you meditate on them and you devote yourself to them wholeheartedly, he says, everyone will see your profiting. The NIV says your progress. Come on, everyone say profiting. Say, I'm going to profit. So even the Old Testament, listen to this. I'm going to just run through them quickly. Psalm 71, 21, thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side, said David. Psalm 115, verse 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. And Deuteronomy 14, 22, And thou shalt surely tithe all the increase of thy seed. It means that your seed is not going to just remain stagnant, but you're going to tithe the increase of your seed, which means that God intends for your salary to go up. God intends for your wages to go up. God intends for the profit out of your business to go up. That's God's intention. That's profiting. That's progress. Even that your seed must increase. And J.D. felt it this morning. The last two Sundays, I felt it the same. And I've been speaking about debt provision or debt cancellation. I think God is saying something that he wants everyone in this church to be debt free. It was something I said years ago. And of course, he picked it up, and he spoke to me a little while ago, and I said, this is what I did um, to get debt-free. Is it okay? End of February, I'll be debt-free completely. Bev and I. Isn't that awesome? And it's something I started on a few years ago. And I began to confess it. I began to speak it. I began to prophesy it. I began to study the principles of the word. I opened a bank account called the Storehouse Fund because God said he will bless my store of seeds. So we called it Storehouse. And we were putting money. We were so out of it. We were trying to save. We were trying to do all sorts of things with that. But the biggest thing is, you know, we wanted our house paid off so we helped other people with their house. Amen. Yep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 
We declared it. We prophesied the things that I do and tell you to do, I do. You could go into my office. The picture of the gymnast is there. It's there. End of the month, it'll be off. Okay? And then I'll stick it up over here somewhere and then say, it is finished. It is done. And then you can say, God, will you do the same for me? So listen, he must increase. Paul said to Timothy, see you're profiting. Even in the Old Testament, thou shalt increase. Your seed shall increase. Second Corinthians 9, 10. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. Multiply. Increase your seed sown. Multiply your seed sown. Listen, when you gave this morning a principle immediately, the moment you did the EFT, the moment you dropped the cash, there was a spiritual principle that began to work on the finance that you sowed, and that's called the principle of multiplication. So God says, I will multiply your seed. Not only the effects to which or the place to which you gave the money, but he will multiply you as the giver, the source of that seed. Amen? So he will multiply your seed sown. Listen to this. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. Everyone say increase. Am I getting through? Listen, if you're struggling to swallow, just take a sip of water. And I said to you that I'm going to plant the word. So now we're going to just quickly run through the early church. Are you ready? The early church, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, 3,000 believers get saved. There's only 120. How many of you know that's an incredible increase on the day of Pentecost? I mean, wouldn't you like a return? You invest 120 rand and you get 3,000 rand. Wouldn't that be a good return? Well, he has a good return on the kingdom. And then it says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Everyone say, that's increase. How be it? Acts 4 verse 4. Many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men that heard the word and believed was 5,000. Everybody say increase. It went from 3,000 to 5,000. Acts 6, 7. And the word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So the church increased. Acts 16, verse 5. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Pastor John, well, that's talking about people getting saved, people coming to know the Lord. How does it affect me? It affects you because there's a principle of multiplication and growth. So you can grow as a person, as an individual, in your relationship with the Lord, in your relationships, as husbands and wives, as fathers, as mothers. You can increase in your workplace. You can be promoted. It means that there's a principle of increase in the kingdom of God, and God wants you to increase. So the disciples, the early church, we discover that there was great increase. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. And the Lord make you, this is Paul writing to the Thessalonian Christians, and the Lord make you to increase. Everyone say increase. And the Lord make you to increase and abound. That's another word of increase. In love one towards another and all men, even as we do towards you. To the end that he may establish your hearts and blameable in holiness before God, even our Father, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. In other words, he's going to cause you to increase spiritually as a person and abound in love. Acts chapter 8 verse 4. 
So not only were the disciples increasing in their relationship, but in Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere were preaching the word. So listen, how did the church increase daily? One of the ways was when persecution came, they scattered, they left Jerusalem, they went into Samaria and other places, and they began to preach the word. So Acts chapter 12 verse 4 says, But the word of God grew and multiplied. Now, I asked the folks this last night, and I'm asking you the same question. How does the Word grow? Do you wake up tomorrow morning, and there's more pages in your Bible? No. There's more books of the Bible, and there's more verses. Oh, my goodness. Pastor John, check it. This. Uh, did you know that there's a fourth John and a fifth John? There's a third Peter and a fourth Peter. How does the Word of God grow? Pastor John, do you know that there's now 165 Psalms? Because the word just grew. I don't know how I'm going to do it. My Bible is just getting thicker and thicker and thicker. You know? No, no. The word doesn't grow like that. How does the word grow? In fact, in Acts chapter 19, verse 20, it says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed and prevailed and prevailed. The word shall prevail. You know that Jesus said the gates of hell to the disciples shall not prevail against the church. Now he says, but the word of God will prevail. In other words, the word of God will make progress. The word of God will advance. The word of God will infiltrate this world. The word of God will penetrate. The word of God will overcome. The word of God will conquer. And so we see how in the early church, the power of the word, and it just talks about this increase, the word increasing, but how did it increase? Number one, the word in the disciples increased in power as they moved from knowledge to understanding to wisdom to favor. Is that okay? And so the word of God increased and became more powerful within them. In other words, they became more powerful believers. Like Paul said to the Thessalonians, that you may increase and abound in love. Is that okay? And then the second thing is, that as they preached that word, the number of disciples began to increase because then other people came to Jesus. And then that word was growing in them. And then they were preaching this powerful word. And then others came. And so the word of God grew more powerful and it prevailed against the Roman Empire. It infiltrated the Gentile world and the kingdom of God began to overcome and overtake and replace the kingdom of this world. And so the word of God grew more powerful. So the number of believers increased, the word grew in power in the disciples, and the word preached in power by more disciples. Now listen to this, Acts 6, 7, verse 8. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great number of the priests were obedient to the faith. Then it goes on and says this, and Stephen, full of faith and power. You know that this is the same chapter when the apostle said, the number of disciples is growing. We can't afford to be distracted from the ministry of the word and prayer to feed the poor. And so choose disciples, listen to this, who are full of the spirit and full of wisdom. Wisdom. In other words, who know God and are full of the spirit. Are you following me? And Philip was one of them. And he went into Samaria, similar to Stephen, and it says this, And Stephen, full of faith and power, 
did great wonders and miracles amongst the people. Now, he was one of those that had wisdom and the Spirit. But now, he's got faith and power. Why? Because the Word had made progress in his life. Hallelujah. So, it's really, really powerful. So, Paul says in Colossians 1, 3 to 6, I'm nearly finished. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth. The gospel, the gospel which has come to you, just as in all the world, it is also constantly bearing fruit and increasing in you, even as it has been doing since the day you've heard it and understood, understood the grace of God in all its truth. So as we start running down, why is it so important? Why is this word so powerful? Why does it cause increase? Well, first of all, because the word of God, particularly in the New Testament, becomes the word of Christ. Everyone say the word of Christ. So Romans 10, 17 says, so consequently, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, I want to say that's right, but it's also wrong. To the context of Romans 10, it's actually the word concerning Christ that reveals faith. Are you all following me? Because before that, the word of God was about law and works and had nothing to do with faith. But when Jesus is introduced and we hear about Jesus, faith is released. And when we believe, it's credited to us as righteousness. And so the Word of God is powerful because, first of all, it's the Word concerning Christ. Romans 10, 4, and 11, 6 also then tells us that the whole thing, the message about Christ, it's not law, it's grace. So the Word of Christ is a Word of grace. But not only that, it's a Word of faith. So consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Is that okay? Listen, church, very often when you're faced with situations, when you're faced with things, um, dilemmas, one of the things that you do is turn and you run to God if you don't run away from God at first. You know, sometimes people run away from God. That's a knee-jerk reaction. But when eventually you pick yourself up and you run to God, you suddenly start looking for faith because this thing needs to be resolved. I need an answer. And then you try and muster faith. You've got to start looking for faith. You're searching inside. And you're doing everything you can do, even as a work, to try and just summons up a little bit of faith. But the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word, especially concerning Christ. But you can read anywhere in the Word because you're Christians. Is that okay? And then he says, then faith comes. Everyone say, faith comes. Faith comes. You know that faith is in the Word. The power for the fulfillment of the word through faith is right in the word. And so when I give myself to the word, faith is always coming. Faith is always coming. That's why I can then take a word and stand up and start to confess the word because then I've got the word and I'm speaking it now with faith. Hallelujah. And so it's a word of faith. So it's a word of grace. It's a word of faith. That's why it's powerful. And then also it's a word of life. You know, the word is powerful and it causes you to come alive. Many of the great revivalists, great men of God, they would find that when spiritually they were low, when spiritually they would not weep for the lost, when the miracles would dry up, 
when God was not moving, they would realize that their time in the Word had been insufficient. And one of the great revivalists said, he said, I would pick up the Bible and I would start to read it until the tears flowed. And then I knew I was ready to preach and have revival. Awesome. Charles Finney. Yeah. See, because the word, it's a living word. It's an active word. It's at work within you who believe. Amen. The word of God gave you life. The word of God is the seed that was planted in your spirit that germinated and was fertilized by faith and that caused your spirit to come alive. So it's a word of life. The third thing about the word is that it is a word of hearing. Are you all ready? I only discovered this not that long ago. But in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, And for this cause we thank God without ceasing that when you received, listen to this, the word of hearing. Isn't that awesome? So for this cause, he says, also we thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, so... One of the translations says, I'm not sure which one it is. He says, when you received the word of hearing of God, you welcomed it as the word of God, not as the word of men, but as it truly is the word of God, which also effectually works in you who believe. It's amazing to me that the more time you spend in the word, the more you hear from God. And the more you hear from God, the more faith comes. Because this is a word of hearing. It's incredible. I have discovered that the more time I spend in the Word, the more easily I hear the voice of the Spirit. Not only because the Word quickens me, energizes me, makes me alive, but the Word of God has the same tone as the voice of the Spirit. The same inflection the same phrases. The Spirit speaks the way the Father speaks. And the more I familiarize myself with the Word, the more I'm able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because this Word is a Word of hearing. Psalm 119, verse 130, The entrance of thy Word giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we shall see light. As we listen to your voice, we shall hear your voice. Another way of saying it. The fourth thing is, and I've already mentioned it, it's the word of faith. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. It never benefited the Jews, the word, because they never mixed it with faith. So Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, you need to be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Nourished up in the words of faith and by the good doctrine which you have followed. I mean, that's powerful, isn't it? Come on, church. So how is this increase going to come? How is 2022 going to be a year of growth, of multiplication? How is it going to be a year of increase? I already said it won't happen automatically. But it will happen automatically when you're living by the principles of God. Is that okay? Which you are going to discover in His Word, which is quick and sharp and active and living and powerful. Amen? And His Word is a Word of grace and righteousness. His Word is a Word of life. His Word is a Word of hearing. His Word is a Word of faith. But not only that, the last thing that I want to say 
is that when the word dwells in you richly, so Paul says it in Colossians 3 verse 3, if the word of God dwells in you richly, this is the next step, are you all ready? When the word dwells in you richly, then the word becomes flesh. When the word becomes flesh, the more it is becoming lived out. That's what it says about Jesus, John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. When the word becomes flesh, manifest. You know, the interesting thing, in John chapter 3, John says, and he's referring to Jesus, he who has the words of God has the Spirit without measure. I, I know it's, made, it's too much. You've got indigestion, I know. It's like trying to eat a dry Weetabix. So Paul says to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 2-3, he says, you are our epistle written in our hearts, but you are known and read of all men. Now listen, church. Just think about it. And I'm not saying it for any condemnation. Many of you have been here in this church for many years. When I walk in on a Sunday and I stand here, you know me pretty fairly well. And when I stand here, you know what I'm kind of going through. You can look at me and say, oh, he's tired this morning. You know, he's a bit off key this morning. You know, he looks a bit irritated because things aren't running right. You know, sometimes I make it obvious. It's obvious. You know, when you look at me, you know. What observations do people make about our lives? And I'm talking not just little tirednesses and things like this. Because Paul said to the Corinthians, you are known and read of all men. And what they're reading is a living epistle from God. Someone on whom whose flesh hearts, not with ink, but with the Spirit of God, God has penciled in, God has inscribed, God has written His Word, and the Word is now flesh. We are known and read of all men. You know, people around you are not stupid. What are they reading about your life? How much of the Word comes out? So, and it's not a condemnation thing because we're progressing and we're growing. Is that okay? And so the thing that I want to bring across to you is that I believe that it's already happening, but I believe that we're at a time now of increase. There's some of you here who've been overlooked for promotion. There's some of you here who've not obtained the jobs that you put CVs in for. There's some of you here that you've tried to overcome debt and what you've discovered because of the world that we live in and possibly the last 18 months is you possibly have got more debt than what you had prior to 2019 because maybe you had to run up your credit card to survive this period. But I'm here as a man of God to tell you that God wants in 2022 to start eradicating debt. Amen. Amen. How many of you remember the year? when we had that ballistic giving in the church and several cars were given and all that kind of thing. Remember, the night before I was 
at Alma Jacobs Church, Prophet Andre Bronkos asked me to be there. I think he wanted me to prophesy with him. I think that's how it went. Hey. And JD came with me, and then Andre Bronkos stood up and he said, Ask God whatever you want. Right now, this is a moment. Ask God for whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever. So Jade said, and he said, Okay, God, we owe 100,000 rand. And I see, the man of God says, Ask. So I'm asking. And Jade's had been blessed with a car. Generously, um, I think it was Marius and Yanni blessed him with a car so they could have a second car. That's the thing with Jade. He's always giving things away. So the next morning, in the middle of the giving, he stands up and he sows the Mercedes to someone. And the spirit of generosity hits the place. And suddenly people are standing up and say, first person says, we want to give J.D. 30,000 rand. And J.D.'s like, whoa! Now, J.D. hadn't even told me that. And um, so we're driving home, and then someone else stands up and says, you know, I think it was another 30,000 rand. And then someone else says, we're going to give 10,000 rand to Pastor John and 10,000 rand to J.D. And I was thinking, well, I'm the pastor here at long last. <laughs> I didn't get 30 and 30, but I got 10. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. And it got up to, I'm, so I'm counting in my head. I'm going like 30, 60, 30, 70, that's amazing. You know, but he has just sown a car at 70,000. And it goes up, goes up, and we hit like 90 or 95, hey, Jade's? And suddenly God speaks to me and he says, J.D. asked for 100. I didn't know. And I said, confirm, it's 100,000 rand that you asked God. He says, yes. And I said, okay, I'll give the next five, the last 5,000. And in one meeting, okay, he didn't have a car, but no, I'm teasing. In one meeting, his debt was wiped out. Come on, everyone say Increase. Say, my bonds are going to be paid off. Bonds are paid off. <laughs> say, my bond is going to be paid off. It's going to be settled. If you're renting, say, I will own a house. <laughs> Andre will own more houses. Say, I'll own a house. and I won't have a bond on it. Say, my next car, I'll pay cash. Come on. Say, my car will be paid off. In every way, come on, not just those ways, but in every way, I will increase, I will prosper, I'll be fruitful, I will multiply, not necessarily with children more, and not in size, but I will increase, I will multiply into 2022 in the name of Jesus, amen? Now listen, listen to this verse and then I'm finished. Proverbs 14 verse 4, now we can take it for ourselves can take it for ourselves. But Proverbs 14, verse 4, the ox in the Bible is actually speaking about the man of God of the house that preaches the word. Is that okay? So listen to this. Where no oxen are. Now it says crib. Crib is misleading because it's actually a barn. And there's a lot of preachers that preach this verse all wrong. So let me preach it the right way. Where there's no oxen, the storehouse is clean because the oxen would tread out the grain. The oxen would pull the plow. The oxen would pull the cart that would bring the wheat into the barn. So there's no ox, so there's nothing in the barn because there's no ox to plow. There's no harvest. 
no ox to bring the grain in. But listen to what he says. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. It's one of the reasons why you need to pray for the man of God. It's one of the reasons why you need to pray for me. Because if I know God, I shall be strong. I shall do great exploits. So listen to this. Very often it happens like this, that my breakthrough is also your breakthrough. Because by the strength of the ox, there's much increase. And one of the reasons why I failed to preach this and preach this series and why I wanted to preach what I preached last night, preached this morning, is because in a short while, I will own the gymnasium. I'll be completely debt free. I will owe nothing. And that was something that Bev and I started years ago, years and years ago. And we started to speak and we started to confess it and we started to do it. And we began to eradicate debt one thing after the other. And yes, good, kind, generous people assisted us and blessed us on the way because God led them to sow into our lives. But we were talking about it a couple of days ago, Bev and I with Amy, and we were talking about it, and, and she had forgotten and, or, or possibly hadn't even realized it. But at that time when I began to declare, we will be debt-free, a couple came into this church, and she phoned Bev, the wife phoned Bev one day and said, would you mind if I take your husband out for a cup of coffee? I need to share something. Bev said, not at all. So we met at Mug and Bean, East Rand Mall. And she said, we've been attending your church for a while. I'm a forensic auditor. And uh, as a forensic auditor, she was auditing Sassel at that time. And she was earning 70,000 rand a day. And she said, I had a payout. So now my oldest son decides to go back to university. Amy decides to go to somatology school. And for both of them, we need between six to 8,000 rand a month just to cover the basics, just the basics. Not everything, just the basics. We need six to 8,000 rand a month. That was such an unachievable thing for us, absolutely. You know, at that time, the members of this church believed, God, if you keep the pastor humble, we will promise you we will keep him poor to assist you to keep him humble. I mean, we couldn't afford the money. So here's this lady sitting, and we've been praying and said, Jesus, how is this going to happen? We can't even take a loan. The bank will laugh at us if we try and take a loan. And she said, I want to give you, she said, 80,000 rand, which is 6,000 rand a month. And for that first year, it paid Amy, and it paid Ryan for that first year. And I began to talk about it, they still continued. This couple still continued in the church. Another couple came who'd been on the same thing. God had spoken to them and said, become debt free. And um, I just mentioned it in the offering. And they phoned Bev and I and they said, could we meet you with you and have coffee? And we said, sure. So we were talking. Once the politeness and the pleasantries were over, they said, we heard you mentioning about being debt free. So we said, yes, that's what God spoke to us. They said, we are now debt free. And God spoke to us when you said that to help you become debt free. What, other than your house bond, what do you owe? So we had a couple of little accounts. So they said, okay, we'll take care of that. Just give them to us. We'll fix those accounts. Because we couldn't even afford to buy clothes cash. And they said, but what other debts? And we said, well, 
Barnard University, Amy at Somatology College. And they said, how much is it? So he said, six to 8,000 rand a month. They said, we'll pay for the entire year, which they did. The third year, the third year, they came to us and said, let's have coffee. We had coffee. They said, we'll pay this year as well. Come on, church. Come on, say, God is going to increase me. God will bless me. God will multiply me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's stand together. Thank the Lord. Everyone say, it's time. It's that time. It's time for increase. It's time for multiplication. It's time. Come on, it's time for promotion. But not only that, it's time for promotion in the Lord. It's time for promotion in the Spirit. It's time for, for expansion for you spiritually in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just want to agree. Father, Bev and I agree right now. And Lord, we just bless this congregation. Father, that those who are debt-free, those that don't owe, will just continue to increase, continue to be blessed. But, Father, we want everyone in this church to be completely free of any debt in the name of the Lord Jesus. Vehicles paid off. Houses paid off. Father, those that need jobs, Father, we declare work in the name of Jesus. That's increased. Father, salaries to be increased. Father, promotion to come in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we declare that there's coming expansion on this ministry. There's growth coming to ACF in every way. Lord, individuals are going to grow. Lord, we're going to have more leaders than what we know what to do with in ACF. Father, we thank you. The ministry will be more effective. Father, instead of 22 ministries under us and joined to us, Father, it will be 30 in the name of the Lord Jesus because of the increase that is coming in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shouted increase. Amen.